Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Open Network User Group Podcast. I'm Mark Tierney. I'm Onug's CTO. Welcome to 2023. Some places it's the year of the rabbit, I think. Uh, here it's the year of the collab. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in Onug collaboration. Specifically, we're going to be talking about uh, things that are happening in the Automated Cloud Governance Working Group. But first, Onug Spring 2023, it's going to be a hybrid event. It's going to be in Dallas, Texas at Union Station, May 17th and 18th. Uh, God, it just feels like we we wrapped up fall. We're already getting ready for spring. It's going to be fun. It's going to be in my hometown. Like uh, So it's going to be awesome. Um, and uh, so you should be there. Join the ONUG community of global 2000 companies, enterprise architects, cloud providers, and thought leaders as we demonstrate the tenets of enterprise cloud. Go to ONUG.net to register for this event today. Use promo code Mark's podcast, and you'll save a truckload of money. I think it's like 30% off. Um, and you'll uh, you'll be able to sign up. You can do it now. So jump in there. Hey, listen, while, while you're on the ONUG website, go to ONUG.net. You can check out a lot of what we're talking about uh, by going to ONUG.net and clicking on the collab button and then see all the different working groups. You'll see exactly what's happening in uh, automated cloud governance and uh, all the other fun teams. So come check it out. All right. Joining me today for today's podcast, I've got Peter Campbell. Peter is the Senior Director of Cloud Security and Engineering Strategy, Engineering and Strategy at Cigna. Uh, and I've also got Michael Thomas Clark. Michael is the co-chair of the Cloud Native Security Working Group, and uh, he's also the Cloud Architect at B Data. Uh, Peter, if I didn't say it, Peter is the co-chair of the Automated Cloud Governance Working Group. So, hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on with me today. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Peter. Yes. So, Hi, um, Peter, I mean, you're on point. Uh, you guys both uh, working group chair. So, uh, first, I'll just say thanks uh, to each of you for the you know what you what you do and what you bring to the table. Um, we had a pretty big year last year and uh, moved the ball quite a distance uh, in. Um, in automated cloud governance, and for those uh, those that are you know new to checking out an ONUG podcast and maybe don't know what happens on the collaboration, maybe we'll take a minute and uh, and ask each of you to talk a little bit about what happens on your team. Um, so, Peter, automated cloud governance, you know, kind of started, oh gosh, almost two years ago with you know powerhouse of uh, executives that, you know, wanted to solve some pretty big problems. Do you mind, uh, just taking a minute to talk about, you know, what, uh, you know, what you're looking to accomplish in ACG? Yeah, no, thank you, Mark. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, we're really excited about is, uh, what we've, uh, developed, uh, as part of the automated cloud governance working group is the cloud uh, security notification framework. And really simply all that is, is a way for us to standardize, uh, the way that, multi-cloud security events and alerts are being managed uh, by the SOC uh, at large enterprises. So, you know, most large enterprises have uh, multiple cloud providers and we're looking to kind of make multi-cloud easier and safer to consume. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, you bring up multi-cloud and one of the things that, <clears throat> you know, we talk a lot about uh, on kind of in the in the depths of Onug uh, around messaging and and you know try to think about you know how do we present some of these concepts you know, correctly and there's actually been some pushback around you know the concept of multi cloud some people are saying you know don't 
don't even talk about multi-cloud. It's a little scary to talk about multi-cloud. You know, let's just talk about enterprise cloud. And so actually Onug is actually changing some of his messaging around that. And yet I can't help like under the hood, we still need to do stuff to get enterprises ready for the day when they really can consume multiple clouds at the same time, right? Not too many are. Is that, is that fair, um, Peter? I mean, uh, do you feel like there's... There's a lot of enterprises out there that are truly doing multi-cloud right now. Well, I think it. I think it's just a natural occurrence, right? Through you know mergers, acquisitions, right? As we see, you know, the the business environment has been you know incredibly uh, busy, and I think as uh, as companies are acquiring other companies, it just naturally you know cloud other cloud providers come with it. So sometimes it's not by choice. Uh, Mark, but uh, eventually, you know, most large organizations are going to have to manage, you know, multiple clouds, and that's, you know, uh, companies uh, the size of uh, the, the one that I work for, Cigna. I mean, we have, you know, more than uh, one uh, major cloud provider. So, and when you think about the amount of complexity involved, uh, as you know, each of these cloud providers have multiple cloud services uh, that need to be uh, secured. Uh, and they, and we need to be able to have uh, full visibility as to any uh, security events that are occurring with any of those cloud services. So it's it can be quite uh, a daunting task to secure not just you know one cloud like AWS has you know over 90 services that you know an organization would be responsible to have you know secure prescriptive guidance around and also create a full you know security landing zone to be able to create detection rules and also have automated uh, incident response playbooks uh, to address anything you know bad that might happen in cloud and then multiply that times two or three or four based on the number of cloud providers you have and then the, the requirement to have multiple teams that are skilled in each of those cloud platforms it's a very large undertaking for security engineering teams nice well and that's kind of what uh, onug is is about is positioning you know, all those different teams to you know to get ready for what's coming you know not always what is but what's coming um, michael uh you're uh, the working group that you manage I, you know i joke a lot i, I poke fun at you a lot uh, you know there's a um you know a lot of heady people uh you included that are in the cloud native security team and you, you guys focus a lot on uh you know theory and you know, put a lot of work last year into uh, zero trust. Why don't, why don't you give the audience a, just a little bit of background about what, um, you know, where you've been shining the spotlight, uh, you know, last year? Well, you know, uh, thank, thanks, Mark. I, I think what you really mean to say is that we are the group with big heads. And that's that's why we've invited, that's why we get along so well with Peter and why we invited, because he's got the most pr prominent head of all of us. And, <laughs> And it's full of yeah. He brings us down to earth. There's yeah. no hair, <laughs> and it's, it's uh, unlike mine. Uh, it's it's not falling out. It's gone. And it's, it's, sorry, Peter, but uh, you know hat. that's I why know, I go hat all I know, the time. I know so. you did that on purpose, but um, so that we don't just sound like a, a, a bunch of guys talking about that kind of stuff. The, the, the yeah, the, the going back. Actually, I want to go back to the the, the multi cloud thing for just a second because I think that's a that's a, a sort of a a really interesting. Um, kind of, if you will, watershed moment. It was for me anyway, when we were talking in the Cloud Native Security Working Group about, you know, what's this multi-cloud thing a few years back, like maybe five years ago, we were, um, so that shows you how long I've been around, but we uh, we initially, you know, were thinking, oh, well, you know, somebody's got Microsoft, what was then Office 365, they've got Salesforce.com, they've got 
AWS. So they're multi-cloud, right? And and yet, as the the industry developed and evolved, and as that term came into greater usage, it it started to mean different things to different people. And, right. and so oftentimes today, people think, well, it means can I run my workloads? You know, can I run a given workload on you know major and minor CSP platforms? And and so right right there, that's that's sort of a, a good metaphor for how how the lingo can can throw us off. And so you know we 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 have to understand what we even mean by a cloud. So and I you know enterprise cloud works for me because it takes all that you know it, it makes ambiguity. Oh, yeah, it simplifies it right. Like you don't have to worry because I I the way you the way you were describing it is the, is the way I I feel like most organizations uh, where they are today. Sure, I may run. I may run office automation in yeah. one cloud and I may run some enterprise applications in another cloud, but, you know, we sort of haven't achieved uh, even, even still, you know, that, that Nirvana that people were talking about, you know, 10, 15 years ago about, uh, you know, okay, now I've got an enterprise class application X and I can run X on AWS, on Microsoft, on Google and run it in an arbitrage environment. I'm getting the best price on my infrastructure, you know, per unit time and all this like, no, nobody's doing that yet. Like that's not that's, that's, that's right. And and, uh, and and yet, for the vast majority of of um, compute uh, instances in America, if you will, there's they're they're not necessarily the um, the the Fortune 500, the Fortune 100 classic workload, right? I mean, yeah. Peter's world is 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 different from you know the small and medium sized yeah. businesses who so they will. Um, think of multi-cloud differently, but it almost doesn't matter because they've got the same kind of security challenges at the end of the day, right? They they need to worry about resiliency. They need to worry about um, integrity and data exfiltration and so on. So uh, whether whether you're running something on platform as a service, uh, infrastructure as a service, software as a service, you've got these same fundamental you know, cloud native security, you are running your business in the cloud. Um, the, the, the the startup I'm involved in runs is a data sciences startup and it runs everything, everything out of a single cloud provider. And that's, it's it's cloud first, it's cloud native. You know, we're, we don't, never did have a an on-premise. Sure. So, well, I mean, it's obvious, uh, it's obvious from this discussion that we spent hours in prep for this discussion because you just gave the the perfect segue into where we really need to go. I ignored your is, question, by the way. <laughs> no, no, it's okay because look, you know what what's happening, what's happening, and the things that uh, you know Peter's team is is working on, and quite frankly, Michael's team, the cognitive security team, is is uh, kind of jumping in on. We we get a little bit of cross cross is it cross collaboration or cross contamination like the, we'll, pick, <laughs> we'll figure that by the all end of the year yeah so um but the reality is is you know regardless how those workloads operate um we get security alerting uh coming in from you know from multiple vectors we're kind of focused on not kind of we are focused on cloud security provider uh alerts um and messaging but uh, that the scope of that is going to increase over over this year and include appliance vendors and other third parties. Um, so regardless of what the, those workloads are, P 
Peter, the, I mean, the, the sec ops teams, the, the, you know, what I affectionately called the room, right. They got to deal with it. Right. And, um, and so that's, that's what we're neck deep in, uh, in, uh, in the, um, uh, ACG cloud governance, uh, you know, working group and what we're doing in the cloud security notification framework. So, you know, with that said, where, you know, where we've landed here recently is, you know, we, we've, we've created this canonical data model. We've got uh, CSPs publishing into the canonical data model. And you know, this year is going to be all about, um, piloting and putting enterprises in a position to, you know, sort of take this thing for test drives where it can. And one of the things that um, uh, you and uh, another large enterprise, I won't name them because I'm not sure I can at this point, but um, all you have to do is join the collaborative and you'll find out who all these people are. You'll see them online um, on onic.net. But uh, there's, um, uh, you know, big, a big push uh, quite frankly, to make the consumption, initial consumption of CSNF kind of easy, right? And we brainstormed around, you know, what easy is a relative term, of course, but, uh, you know, what are some of those uh, design patterns that we could use uh, to exercise uh, CSNF and the, the, the cloud security notification framework and do it with some design patterns that would be uh, more easily consumable by enterprise consumers? Um, we've come up with uh, four or five different design patterns that share, uh, you know, kind of a, a similar taxonomies uh, from the perspective of, uh, I guess, landing zone, security landing zone commonality might be the right way to say it. Uh, feel free to correct me, Peter. Oh, that, that's um, right, Mark. Yep. Yeah. And and so we decided, you know, a lot of these organizations are, are using Splunk. Um, you know, to uh, uh, to do a number of things. Hey, why not start there? Um, and you you've jumped in and you know rolled up your sleeves. And um, so you know what I thought we'd do now is just you know let's take a minute and take a look at you know what this design pattern looks like. It's all work in progress, but that work in progress is uh, actually uh, <laughs> gone pretty quickly over a matter of. Uh, six, seven weeks, uh, um, you know, I, I believe. So, uh, you know, why don't we take a second and, and take a look, Peter, and uh, let you describe, you know, what this feels like. Yeah, I can. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I don't know if you, uh, you can see my screen, but, you know, one of the things that uh, that I, I put up here, it's kind of a little bit of a spoiler alert. You can kind of see, you know, you know part of the solution that we're envisioning here. But, you know, a large, as Mark said, large enterprises have made, you know, you know, you know, high dollar investments in building out their security landing zones. And I think, you know, one of the things that we try to do with, with multiple clouds, and I've got several of them listed here, is that, you know, we try to manage security as an abstraction across each of those clouds, uh, while, you know, and not depending on any particular, you know, security product of, of, an, of the native cloud provider. So for example, you know, AWS has a, you know, a product called a uh, security hub, uh, but that's really focused solely on AWS. So what the large enterprise needs is an abstraction, you know, um, you know, CNAP type of platform uh, to protect, you know, multiple clouds through really a single, you know, pane of glass, so to speak. Uh, but think of that as automated. And as we've been working through this over the past 18 months or so with the cloud security notification framework, you know, one of the big challenges was, okay, we really need to meet large enterprises, 
you know, where they are today, uh, if there's any hope to standardize uh, security event uh, alerting uh, through a standardized canonical data model across all of these different cloud providers. So how do we do that? So what we've come up with is, um, is using what's called a Splunk uh, technology add-on for CSNF. So this is what uh, really the flow of, uh, of this solution that we're gonna be uh, piloting and then uh, demoing this uh, in uh, Houston, I believe in May, right, Mark? Uh, is when the, the uh, spring event is. Da yeah, Dallas. Dallas, sorry about that. Yep. Yeah, Dallas no, in, okay. uh, in May. Um, and, uh, and, and when this flow here shows that uh, all of these uh, different cloud providers are already sending security events and telemetry uh, into Splunk. Um, and, you know, Splunk is a large, you know, enterprise, um, you know, SIM and SOAR platform, essentially, that uh, many large companies are using. It's not the only one, but it's a very common one. So this is what we're starting with. And, uh, and, and the idea here is to, you know, do a, uh, a mapping of each of the different source types. Uh, so in Splunk, a, uh, a Splunk telemetry feed basically maps over to a source type in Splunk that, that is then uh, normalized to Splunk's common information model. What we then do is add uh, some field aliases to that through this uh, CSNF Splunk app that you can see right in the middle of the screen that will allow uh, security events to be standardized uh, across all of the inputs that you see on the left so that um, that the SOC and the SOAR teams can apply a consistent set of detection rules and uh, playbooks uh, to events regardless of you know, where they originate from. So that's kind of like the big, you know, the, the big picture uh, idea that we're, you know, that we're all kind of, you know, building around today. Um, what I can do is uh, I can show, I can give you another, you know, uh, sneak peek here, I guess. We've, you know, we've got one of these source types uh, mapped into Splunk today. I can show you in uh, this lab environment. Um, let me pull this up here. Within Splunk, you can see there's a Splunk uh, CSNF app here. Go to applications. Well, I'll do I'll just jump in to look at the raw events. <clears throat> so what you're seeing here is a, a guard duty test event that's been sent into Splunk. And uh, it's been processed by our CSNF uh, Splunk technology add-on and the CSNF uh, uh, con canonical data model uh, values have been mapped here to these attributes. So what you can see for CSNF decorator risk as a risk level of two, that corresponds to what guard duty would call uh, a severity and so on. So we're mapping each of these uh, different elements into the CSNF CDM. And then as we're uh, able to, uh, at that point, um, you know, process detection rules and security automation around uh, these fields uh, that are standardized, uh, regardless of the type of event or where the event originates from. So that's, um, this is really just uh, showing, you know, the AWS field mappings that we've done, but we're going to be doing this for additional providers that you see here 
GCP, uh, Azure, uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, OCI, and then uh, Cisco and others. So it's something we're really excited about. It's it's early on. We're really in the initial release of this, uh, and, and we are actually working with Splunk as well on this. Uh, and our goal is to, you know, get the have this uh, technology add-on certified and available on uh, Splunk base for um, everyone to use. Uh, Peter, this is fantastic. So uh, thank you for doing that. And again, so um, Splunk is just. Uh, it's just one example of this design pattern. I mean, the the, the truth is, there's other uh, other applications that uh, you know can be used in a similar way, right? I mean, uh, you know, virtually any sim or you know kind of. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Ex yep. Exactly, Mark. We think that this this same uh, sort of design pattern can be applied to uh, you know Google Chronicle and and Simplify. I mean, there's a uh, you know, Splunk has a notion of a common information model. I, uh, Chronicle has a unified data model, which is very similar. We would, you know, uh, map uh, uh, the unified data model attributes. In this example, uh, we would do this similarly in, in Chronicle uh, to the CSNF, and, and the same with Azure Sentinel. So those are the uh, the three that we're targeting. We're starting with Splunk, but we plan to expand over to uh, Google Chronicle and uh, Azure Sentinel. Microsoft Sentinel, I guess it's called. Yeah, and I know. So uh, I think the uh, the product manager for Microsoft uh, uh, is actually on our team, works side by side with uh, us, and she's very excited, uh, you know, to be getting that part done. So uh, yeah, I just see this thing, you know, kind of starting to uh, snowball a little bit, um, and and all of this is great, but you know, the, the value prop on all this, cause uh, you know, we don't just do stuff so we can, you know, manipulate, so we can process data, Michael, like that's what we do, right? We, we do data processing. No, we're actually trying to do something important. All right. And reduce toil. Right. Right. And it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's important to, to, to recognize as we all do, but uh, as our erstwhile listeners might be interested in knowing that this is, this is really, one of the rare, rare kind of um, happenings in the industry where you have, no kidding, you have real live commercial vendors and real live customers actually collaborating together in in ways that I don't think you see very often, if at all. You might see them in certain other organizations that had been like an open organization. Um, I won't name names, but you know, cert certain, um, uh, collaborative efforts over the years, maybe the IETF or something, which is more uh, easier to, to comment on. But but the the point is is that we, this is a this is a microcosm. This project is a microcosm of what ONUG is all about, right? And for me, it's it it points out the opportunity that exists for folks on both the consumer side. And on the vendor side, and well, we know the vendors will always be interested because they want to influence things and they want to sell products. But here, you know, consumers, people at mid-sized companies, the Global 2000, larger companies have the opportunity to work side by side with vendors and get their use cases and their requirements heard and work through. And so, um, no, I'm not being uh, paid to uh, do this advertisement for ONED, but that's, that's where I get the value out of... Um, out of the working groups. You know, when we talk about zero trust as one aspect of this in the working groups, we're really putting our our heads together and we're saying, 
you know, how do we help people make sense out of this thing that has just exploded over the last few years? And so that's one example. And this is another example of how you you can take this collaborative effort between vendors and producers, uh, producers and consumers, and really make something worthwhile for the whole industry. Yeah, and it's really well, been a collaboration, just... right? With uh, sorry, Marco, we're just gonna like no, uh, I think you mentioned Pretty Krishna from the uh, you know Microsoft Sentinel uh, product owner. You know, we've got uh, Josh Hammer, who's a uh, uh, field security architect for Oracle. Uh, there's just so many people uh, that you know that we can name that have been you know, instrumental in in making this happen. So, yeah, it's been a, a total uh, you know group effort. So, uh, M Michael, uh, point people to the right place. Like we've uh, our Git, um, Git. You know, we've got a Git site where they can go learn more and see uh, see more about what we're doing in CSNF. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a um, a uh, Onug Git repository. You can go to Onug slash CSNF to see um, all of our code. It's uh, it's right there, hanging out to. Uh, um, to be to be leveraged, and we have a starter kit that we've created. It's all it's all like any other open project. It's 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 in development. Um, we have a Netlify site that you know uh, CSNF uh, .netlify .app, and um, and that will give you a sense of will introduce you to the the subject and to the product. Um, and this is this is sort of how we're proceeding now. It's it's really our first big effort at going from project to product um, in the open space. So we're really excited about it. And we've got a lot of people from across the industry. Yeah, you've both, you've both made the point that uh, there's some there's some real power behind this. It's not just, um, you know, it's not just um, you know, two two guys and their dog, you know, trying to get something off the ground. We've got, uh, we've got some pretty amazing uh, enterprise consumers and suppliers all all working to make this happen. So, um, you know, thanks for thanks for all that, Michael. Take a minute and uh, you know, maybe bring everybody up to speed on what uh, what the cloud native security team you know was was doing last year with uh, with Zero Trust. See, see, I wouldn't get to let you off the hook on this. No, um, no, I, I figured yeah. we were coming back to it. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, so um, you know, it's a it's. And this is this is a call for for arms, a call you know of you know arms around each other and and for for more bodies. We uh, you can never have uh, enough enough big heads in a room, and and in this case, what we're trying to do is really grapple. We have been for the last year and a half, really, um, uh, from just before the executive order on um, on zero trust, but as it became clear a couple of years ago uh, in the middle of the pandemic that um that people were really taking taking zero trust zero trust was going off in a in a much more considered direction i mean i don't know about you peter but i think it's been out there as a concept for about 10 years um you know if if we if we really look back right around the over over 10 years yeah the forest of paper by john kindervog right? that's that's right when was that 2009 or something or or earlier but but as people started to you know, right around the time I recall of the uh, of, of the Great Recession, so-called, you know, people were saying, you know, perimeter security is is and and you know, not just not just architect, you know, egghead types, but I'm talking about. I was having conversations with engineers who were saying, 
perimeter security isn't working anymore. So we went through that whole Sturm and Drang about, well, what do we do instead of perimeter security? And, and the ideas that were being floated really uh, amounted to um, not, not a single solution, but a set, a framework of solutions, right? So um, you started to hear things, especially as DevOps and DevSecOps started to, to have an impact. Um, never trust, you know, always verify. Well, what does that mean? You know, I mean, how can you, <laughs> can you never trust some component that you're putting in? Well, you have to build a mechanism for, for verification. Assume breach. You know, this is another sort of front and center principle. So this framework began to be built around, you know, never trusting, verifying, assuming breach, uh, looking not simply to prevent access to data, but specifically to prevent the exfiltration of data. And the big question became, okay, we've got this nice theory. Mark said we were people who like theory, but at some point we have to get, the theory has to meet the rubber of the road. And, and so playbooks, practical implementation, how do you actually make uh, this framework of seemingly grand and great ideas really work for people? And again, just like the definitions around multi-cloud, the right answer uh, really depends on your specific circumstances. And uh, the fact that here we are after 10 years of talking about or more talking about zero trust, still trying to solve the problem of what's the right way to do it. Um, you know, and, and the tell is um, the, the Biden administration, um, without getting into politics, comes out a year and a half ago and says, you know what, we're going to require all government agencies, we're going to require the military, you know, the people who defend us, we're going to require them to implement zero trust. Well, how are they doing that? And uh, Peter, you and I have had extended conversations about this. Um, it's They're serious. This isn't just another government program that's going to flop and be looked at 10 years from now as a bunch of hot air and, and, and a failure. So we're trying to take this experience and it's it's almost an unmanageable amount of information, but we're trying to take that and we're trying to parcel it into bite-sized chunks that can be uh, consumed and rinsed and repeated across uh, various enterprises. Yeah, and I mean, to that end, I mean, uh, the team produced uh, uh, several uh, several uh, blogs in the Cloud Native Security blog. Again, you get to that stuff on ono.net. And then we, we yeah. uh, uh, did a podcast series against all of those. So, you know, come check out all that content. Um, I'm also pushing, uh, pushing these guys... Uh, 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 I, I want to do some work on zero day. And, uh, so look, you know, I, be ready for some, yeah, be ready for some content around zero day, uh, stuff. Um, so that's exciting. One thing, uh, uh, that's been fun is having, uh, the class native security working group, uh, start, uh, you know, playing with, uh, automated cloud governance. And now uh, that's worked in both directions. So, uh, again, a lot of powerhouse people there. One thing I noticed, Michael was, um, uh, you know, when we're looking for definitions on, on zero trust and you mentioned the uh, perimeters and the perimeter wouldn't work anymore. I noticed it wasn't helpful when I just said, you know, our response to that was creating 8,000 new perimeters. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's what yeah. we're doing. 
I mean, between microservices and DevOps and DevSecOps and, right, and, right. and containers, containers. I mean, I'm just trying to keep it real, guys. Like, that's yeah. all I'm trying to do. Yeah. So. We're going to make you read the Liz Rice's container security book and then and then <laughs> you'll be crying. You'll be crying. You'll be you'll, right. you'll you'll be wanting to join our team for for remediated remediate remediative learning. Nice. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for being here. That said, uh, just a quick update. Uh, I mentioned a couple of times uh, about the collaborative. Again, if you want to find out more about the, the ONUG collaborative and everything that's going on on all the different working groups, go to ONUG.net today to check it out. And, uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to give a big plug for our newest working group is Policy as Code. Talk okay. about a hot, uh, a hot topic uh, and a hot working group. Uh, some of you heard me say before, Policy as Code, more questions and answers. But that's why we're here. We're going to solve a lot of those, uh, solve a lot of those questions and create answers, and and uh, uh, you know, really do with policy code uh, what Onuk did with um, the SD WAN space. We're gonna we're gonna bring a little order to the chaos, uh, so enterprise consumers get real value uh, around what they want from their policy as code strategy. So with that, once again, thanks Michael, thanks Peter for joining us. We will see you every, uh, everybody on the next Onuk podcast. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Cheers.